You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. The Chinese cyber espionage campaign against European governments. The port of Nagoya closes over ransomware attack. Black Cat and SEO poisoning. Lockbit seeks to extort a semiconductor manufacturer. Professionals in the cyber underworld. CISA issues a DDoS alert for U.S. companies and government agencies. Microsoft debunks claims of data theft by anonymous Sudan. Matt O'Neill from the U.S. Secret Service speaks with Dave Bittner about sextortion. Rick Howard sits down with Michael Fuller of AWS to talk about the kill chain. And Avast releases a free decryptor for Akira. I'm Trey Hester filling in for Dave Bittner with your CyberWire Intel Briefing for Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. We are back after the Independence Day holiday, and here are a few stories we've been following. Beijing's intelligence services are currently deploying Plug-X to collect against a range of targets in Europe. Checkpoint researchers describe a Chinese government cyber espionage campaign against European governments. They call it Smug-X and attribute it to Red Delta, with some involvement by Mustang Panda. The campaign uses HTML smuggling to deploy a new variant of Plug-X against its targets. The group's interest seems to be in Eastern Europe— but the targeted governments, which include Sweden, the United Kingdom, France, Slovakia, Hungary, and Ukraine, are not confined to that region. Ransomware continues to infest a wide range of organizations. Leaping Computer reports that just yesterday, the port of Nagoya, Japan's busiest ocean terminal, sustained a ransomware attack against the Nagoya Port Unified Terminal System. Nikkei Asia says the issue came to light when a port employee noticed anomalies in his system. Investigations revealed the cause to be a ransomware infestation. The Port Authority is working to restore service and expects to have done so by tomorrow morning. In the meantime, most container operations at the port have been suspended. No group has claimed responsibility for the attack, which remains under investigation. Familiar criminal ransomware organizations continue to find victims too. The Black Cat Ransomware Gang is using malvertising to trick victims into installing malicious versions of the WinSCP file transfer application bleeping computer reports. According to researchers at Trend Micro, quote, The infestation starts once the user searches for WinSCP download on the Bing search engine. A malicious ad for the WinSCP application is displayed above the organic search results. 
The ad leads to a suspicious website containing a tutorial on how to use WinSCP for automating file transfer. From this first page, the user is then redirected to a cloned download webpage for WinSCP. Once the user selects a download button, an ISO is downloaded from an infected WordPress webpage. The LockBit ransomware group has demanded $70 million in exchange for not leaking data allegedly stolen from Taiwanese chip manufacturer TSMC. TSMC told the register that one of its third-party equipment suppliers, Kinmax, was the source of the breach. Security Week quotes TSMC as stating, quote, At TSMC, every hardware component undergoes a series of extensive checks and adjustments, including security configurations, before being installed into TSMC's system. Upon review, the incident has not affected TSMC's business operations, nor did it compromise any of TSMC's customer information. After the incident, TSMC has immediately terminated its data exchange with a concerned supplier in accordance with the company's security protocols and standard operating procedures. TSMC remains committed to enhancing the security awareness among its suppliers and making sure they comply with security standards. The cybersecurity incident is currently under investigation that involves a law enforcement agency. End quote. Kinmax said in its own statement, quote, The leaked content mainly consisted of system installation preparation that the company provided to our customers as default configurations. We would like to express our sincere apologies to the affected customers as the leaked information contained their names, which may have caused some inconvenience. End quote. Cybercriminal gangs are increasingly operating like professional businesses, according to Melissa Bishoping, director of Endpoint Security Research at Tanium. In an article for InfoSecurity magazine, Bishoping stated, quote, The ransomware-as-a-service approach is almost identical to today's modern businesses, which seek to hire the best talent across different functions. Through public-facing data leak sites, telegram channels, or direct recruitment of targets as insider threats, cybercriminals advertise job openings, promoting pay, benefits, and other perks. In fact, the Lapsus Ransomware Group has been advertising job openings since November 2021, targeting employees at large technological firms such as AT&T and Verizon to lure employees to perform insider jobs in exchange for high pay, up to $20,000 a week. The landscape for cybercriminal jobs is competitive, with new ransomware groups and data leak sites popping up constantly. End quote. CISA released an alert on June 30th regarding distributed denial-of-service attacks. Quote, CISA is aware of open-source reporting of targeted denial-of-service and distributed denial-of-service attacks against multiple organizations in multiple sectors. These attacks can cost an organization time and money and may impose reputational costs while resources and services are inaccessible. End quote. Though the alert does not point fingers at any group, it can be assumed that this is in response to the recent attacks against U.S. and NATO industries by Russian-aligned groups. Bleeping Computer assessed that the warning represented a response to Anonymous Sudan's new wave of DDoS attacks against various government and private sector organizations. Anonymous Sudan announced the attack on U.S. companies and government websites was in retaliation for announcements U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken made concerning sanctions against certain parties in Sudan's ongoing civil war. Anonymous Sudan, generally regarded as a Russian front organization, on July 1st claimed in its Telegram channels to have breached Microsoft servers and stolen data belonging to some 30 million customers. Quote, We announced that we have successfully hacked Microsoft and have access to a large database containing more than 30 million Microsoft accounts, including email and password. Price for the full database? $50,000. End quote. Microsoft says the claim is baseless, stating, quote, 
At this time, our analysis of the data shows that this is not a legitimate claim in an aggregation of data, end quote. Just yesterday, Anonymous Sudan also announced an ongoing attack on Riot Games, an American video game developer for League of Legends. Anonymous Sudan has claimed that they have access to Riot's back end of League of Legends. This campaign is a continuation of attacks against American companies in response to the comments made by the Secretary of State concerning the civil war in Sudan. Riot Games would appear to be merely a U.S.-based target of opportunity. And finally, we close with a bit of encouraging news. Avast researchers have developed a decryptor for the Akira ransomware, active in the wild since March of this year. It's available at no charge, with instructions for use on Avast's decoded site. Coming up after the break, Matt O'Neill from the U.S. Secret Service speaks with Dave Bittner about sextortion. Rick Howard sits down with Michael Fuller of AWS to talk about the kill chain. Stick around. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. In another episode of our continuing series of interviews that our CyberWire colleague Rick Howard gathered at the recent AWS Reinforced Conference, today, Rick speaks with Michael Fuller from AWS about the kill chain. The CyberWire is an Amazon Web Services media partner, and in June 2023, Jen Iben, the CyberWire's senior producer, and I traveled to the magical world of Disneyland in Anaheim, California, to attend their AWS Reinforced Conference and talk with senior leaders about the latest developments in securing the Amazon cloud. I got to sit down with Michael Fuller. He's the Director of Product Management, External Security Services at AWS, and he's responsible for several AWS security products like 
guard duty, an IDS of sorts, Macy, a data loss protection service, Security Hub, a security configuration dashboard for your Amazon deployment, Inspector, a vulnerability management service, Detective, a SIEM, and Security Lake, a data lake for your security logs. And I asked him about one of my pet peeves in the InfoSec community, that both practitioners and vendors tend to focus on tactical, technical things, like preventing malware and exploits and vulnerabilities, and not specifically on a strategy of defeating the 300 or so known attack campaigns from the likes of Fancy Bear, Wizard Spider, and the like. I call that strategy the Intrusion Kill Chain Prevention Strategy. In our discussion, you'll hear us talk about the conference main keynote speech delivered by C.J. Moses, the AWS CISO. Here's Michael. Yeah, I think one of the exciting uh, things about um, where we sit is that we also, you know, customers look to us as a peer. Mm -hmm. We're also one of the largest companies operating on AWS. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, we've been doing it for some time. So uh, we actually started this service team in AWS security. We were one of the only service teams that were actually within our internal security team versus, you know, on the services side. And we did that intentionally because, you know, our internal security team and all of Amazon security was also a customer focus of ours as being one of the biggest customers on AWS. And so that also helps us, um, you know, inform what we're building. And it also allows us to remain grounded because, you know, internally, it's almost like a sibling. They're very Mm -hmm. blunt on saying, you're building something that may sound really good on paper, but this doesn't really help us. You know, so they keep us like grounded on... Are you really moving the ball forward in practice? And uh, I think that helps a lot with our customers as well because they look to us on like, how do you guys solve this in Amazon? You know, you guys are building on AWS. You're using the same services we're using. How did you solve this problem? Zero Trust as an example. Mm -hmm. And then we're able to share what we've done internally and our journey along that. And then what services we've developed and capabilities across AWS overall that we, uh, that's informed for them to be able to kind of replicate what's been successful for us. So we look at, you know, other security vendors, they have intelligence teams and the way they market themselves is they produce intelligence reports on some adversary out there. Um, and we have the minor attack framework that is an open source collection of bad guy activity, but there's very little discussion about what goes on in cloud environments. I mean, they have a, in the minor attack framework, there's a section on it, but it's, it's pretty, you know, weak sauce, right? And now we're in, we've been in the cloud now for, over a decade, I'm sure you guys are seeing adversaries that are operating in the cloud or but you just don't see people talking about it, their procedures. I'm wondering, uh, do you guys plan to be public about that stuff in any time in the future? I, I think you'll see more of it. I think if you look at CJ's keynote at mm-hmm. this event, you know, he said more this time than I've Ever, heard him yeah. say before, right? So I think there's we're, we're trying to figure out ways to uh, do it in a in a you know, tasteful way where we're not looking like we're trying to market or, you know, spread uh, fear or anything along the lines. But we do a tremendous amount internally within AWS security and through our team. We're very collaborative in that way. We do see a lot. A lot of that gets worked into our products on behalf of customers into things like GuardDuty and other places. Um, And you're right. We just haven't talked about it quite as much as probably some would like. And so I think you'll see more of that from us. Well, I think there's a difference between, because, I mean, CJ mentioned in his keynote, there's of the cloud and in the cloud. And I don't expect you guys to talk about what's going on of the cloud internal to, you know, what's Amazon. But the things that the customers are seeing, in the people that are operating in the cloud, I would expect we'd see those attack sequences made public. So if, like, the cyber got hit, we're Amazon customers, right? 
if we got hit, we'd like to be able to share that intelligence across and say, you know, you should have these controls for Wizard Spider or whatever sort right. of campaign that's going on. Yep. So I would love to be able to see that. Yeah, we do. We we do it internally. Like I said, we're just we haven't been as great uh, at marketing it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, uh, we're really focused on kind of substance and getting it in our hands of our customers. And so we do talk about it with customers directly, and we do incorporate it into the services. Um, and I think you'll see more of us uh, talking more publicly about it uh, again in a, in a Amazonian way. <laughs> Amazonian way. <laughs> I love that. Well, uh, thank you, sir, for coming on and explaining this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for bringing the trip out. We All hope right. to see you at the next free, of oh, course. Oh, please And so. reInvent. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rick Howard speaking with Michael Fuller of AWS. I am pleased to welcome back to the show Matt O'Neill. He is Deputy Special Agent in Charge for Cyber with the U.S. Secret Service. Matt, welcome back. Thank you. I know a focus for you and your colleagues is trying to track down and uh, prevent sextortion. Uh, It's a tough thing to talk about, but it's important. Can you unpack it for us here when we say sextortion? What exactly are we talking about? Yes. So in many cases, what will happen is somebody will communicate with the victim online. So bad actors will target folks on social media sites, uh, specifically uh, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and engage them in conversation and then eventually recommend them sending a a photo of them, uh, you know, usually of, yeah, something that, you know, like their bodily parts. So they're sparking a romance sort of, or I guess maybe romance may be more sophisticated than it deserves to be described, right? <laughs> yes, with, without a doubt. And so what'll happen is they'll, the victim will send a photo and then almost immediately the bad actor will start extorting them for money mm. and threatening them that if they don't provide X amount of dollars, depending on who the victim is. And again, they do their due diligence. They know generally if this person is a juvenile, how much money they probably would have, or if they're an executive, if they're married. Because again, we disclose a lot in our social media. So they're doing their own sort of open source analysis as to who their targets are. And so the extortion amount will be largely based on how much you can afford to pay. Mm -hmm. And then what will happen is the victim will send money, whether it's through um, a cryptocurrency exchange or whether it's through uh, prepaid cards uh, to the to the threat actor, and then the extortion continues. It doesn't just stop. And so what we're seeing is it's a very underreported crime because when we get reached uh, contacted by a victim, we will do our own investigation and invariably we'll find evidence of not just one victim, but scores of victims. And so then we'll go through the process of trying to reach out to the victims, uh, let them know that we're working this case as well. Can we talk about the mindset of someone who finds themselves falling victim to this? I mean, I imagine, of course, there's embarrassment, there's fear. What's the case that you make that while you're in the midst of all this, in addition to everything you're dealing with, it's a good thing to reach out to law enforcement, folks like you and your colleagues. So what the Secret Service agents that contact the victim will try to tell them is uh, a few things. The first is they're not alone. There's uh, resources uh, through victim witness coordinators to try to help support them through these difficult times. 
also we're a global inve- investigative organization, and we have made significant arrests overseas. And so it is not this person that is untouchable overseas. We will find them and we will work with wherever they're located, the law enforcement there to to make arrests. Sextortion to me personally is a case, are cases that I take very personally. When I was working up in New Hampshire back in 2014, I worked with the Department of Justice on one of the first sextortion cases Mm. and the victim wound up committing suicide a few years later, Mm. uh, largely as a result of the trauma faced during the several months of the sextortion behavior. And so wherever we've tried to uh, get involved and engaged in these cases, that's something that the Secret Service takes very seriously. The Secret Service will work with the FBI, HSI, and any other federal partner that is engaged in these crime schemes. But it is something that affects men, women, girls, boys, all alike. How much of this is an educational component of getting the word out, uh, as you say, that you're not alone, but that also there's not going to be any additional shame here, right? Right. So that is something that the Secret Service Cyber Fraud Task Forces are trying to uh, push out to all of their local communities that we highly encourage victims to report. They can report it through the IC3 website. They can report it to their cyber fraud task forces. They can report it to the FBI. They can report it to the local police. And we're trying to get a handle on how large this problem is. We see it somewhat anecdotally, but we also, the Secret Service has a rich history of following the money. Mm. Most of our financially motivated cyber criminals um, get arrested after we have followed the money. And this is no different. So when a Secret Service agent or analyst is following money in a sextortion case, they will find other victims. And so we know the problem is a lot larger than uh, reported. Do you have success stories here? Is is there, I think people might think that this sort of thing, you know, goes into a black hole somewhere, but uh, any success stories to share? Yes. So uh, the Secret Service investigated uh, a bad actor in New Hampshire named Ryan Valley, who was sextorting dozens of girls throughout uh, New England. Hmm. Uh, who was, he was subsequently charged and convicted and served several years in prison. There are other instances that arrests have been made that have not been publicly disclosed yet. Hmm. But I will um, say with confidence, the U.S. Secret Service, we have a team in our Global Investigative Operations Center focused specifically on sextortion and working with our federal partners at both the Department of Justice and the FBI and HSI on several organized groups. And I anticipate more arrests to come shortly. All right. Well, Matt O'Neill is Deputy Special Agent in Charge for Cyber with the U.S. Secret Service. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. 
And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. We'd love to hear what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. Your feedback helps us ensure we're delivering the information and insights that help keep you a step ahead in the rapidly changing world of cybersecurity. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is me with original music by Elliot Peltzman. The show is written by our editorial staff. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Trey Hester filling in for Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.